Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're looking at a traditional Caesar dressing that I think you're going to love and try time and time again. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and I just want to say thank you for listening. I'm really glad you're here because I'm sitting in my office looking out the window on a gray and rainy day. If it wasn't for you guys, I'd be sitting here talking to myself, watching the dog walkers go by. So grow season is upon us, speaking of gray and rainy days. It's been raining here a lot, but that is bringing forth all the lovely buds and whatnot on the tree. And of course, if you're an allergy sufferer like myself, it also brings forth all kinds of other unpleasant feelings and reactions with regards to spring. I am a pretty serious allergy sufferer. I realized a few nights ago, I was like, oh, I feel terrible. And of course, that's this time in this state of the world that we're in. Nobody wants to feel terror or terrible because that makes them feel, think it could be who knows what it is. But of course, I realized it was allergies. And I was prepared to suffer through it a little bit until I was getting home from work one evening and I felt pretty lousy. And I stopped at a grocery store on the way home. I happened to grab some some antihistamines. And what do you know? I was feeling a lot better within a pretty short period of time. I tend to always recall that antihistamines are marginally effective until spring arrives or say late summer or fall when some of those other lovely pollens and whatnot that's traveling in there making me feel miserable until I, I take one of these antihistamines and I realize, yeah, it's not a marginal difference. It's a pretty significant difference. So that's what's been keeping me going for the last couple of days at least. And I'll stop taking them as soon as, as soon as I can do so without feeling like shit. So are there any other allergy sufferers out there? Because I really feel for you, this can be a pretty tough time of year for a lot of people. Take your Claritin or whatever, if you can. Not a huge fan of taking pills and capsules and whatnot, but sometimes you need what modern science has to offer. And I'm willing to pop that little pill if it means I don't feel awful because of spring. And who doesn't love spring after a long, cold winter? So that reminds me that the grow season is upon us. And I had the fellows, most of the fellows anyway, there was one missing, but I had the fellows from the High on Homegrown podcast on the show a couple weeks ago. If you want to check that one out, they had some uh, great advice on growing outdoors, a little bit for indoors too, but mostly outdoors because everybody's thinking outdoor right now as the season is approaching. And that was, uh, if you're also interested in like getting into growing and exploring a little bit more, they have a great resource over at Percy's Grow Room. It's a forum. Um, there's chats and lots and lots of help. The fellows from the Hiring Your Homegrown podcast are on their forum frequently. So if you start a thread, you have questions, you want to do a grow diary, they have it all over there. They've got tons of grow guides, so much information. And between the five of them, 
uh, decades of experience with growing in all kinds of mediums too, not just soil. So if you're looking at doing something aside from soil, there's all that information over there as well. I can't recommend it highly enough. That's actually, I'm doing an outdoor grow this year too, as all things go according to plan. And the super soil that I've, that I've mixed up and I'm sort of cooking up right now, I got my recipe from the Percy Grow Room um, super soil recipe. I think if you just search it, super soil recipe, you'll find it pretty easily. That's what I did. And I got all the components together. Now it's sort of brewing right now. But a, a fantastic resource. And I will link to those in the show notes so you don't have to try and remember that. The other thing I'm going to link in the show notes is something else I'm uh, pretty excited to share with you guys. Amanda Ryman is a guest that will be appearing on the show in a couple weeks at this point. Um, and during our conversation, most of our conversation wasn't centered around growing. It was actually centered around some of the other areas of expertise that she has. And let me tell you, Amanda has numerous areas of expertise. She has been growing smoking, eating cannabis for over 20 years, and is also a researcher and a vast wealth of knowledge. She's very in active on Instagram as well. So if you want to connect with her over there, I'll put her her credentials in the show notes as well so you can find her. But she started something with some other folks called Personal Grow. And it's like a six-week course was it six weeks? No, I think it was six months. Sorry, six month course to help people grow their own cannabis this summer. And it has already started. But the reason I'm mentioning it now is you can hop on anytime if that's also something else that you want to explore a little uh, guidance through the program that she's offering. They're doing meetups on Clubhouse. They are working with another podcaster to bring new episodes regarding growing every couple of weeks. And they, she has a website too, so you can explore more over there as well. And between the Personal Grow and the High and Homegrown podcast, there's no reason why if you've been thinking about growing at all, you can't get started. So just do it. I got started. I was a little uh, overzealous perhaps because I started some seeds. Like it feels like a long time ago now. And unfortunately, uh, none of them made it. I'm embarrassed to say or not embarrassed. I used some of the tips actually from the High and Homegrown podcast, the Get High and Grown Supply episode to restart because thankfully I didn't plant all my seeds. And now it's going a little better. But mistakes happen, you learn from them, and that's what makes you a better gardener. So, and that really applies to almost anything that you do, doesn't it? So don't be afraid to get in there, get your hands dirty, try it out. Even if you're just growing one plant, it's so much fun. And it's exciting to see this little seedling grow up into something that you can literally dry and cure and smoke and cook with. It's such a great feeling. So I highly recommend you try it. And don't worry about trying to grow, you know, cannabis cup style weed or anything. You're just, especially if you're growing it for baking or cooking with, it's, it can be a little more forgiving and it's just so worthwhile. So I do encourage you all to check those out. Everything again will be in the show notes. So moving on to this week's recipe, this will be the last one in this series of mayonnaise based items. You've made that mayonnaise, and if you've been enjoying the recipes around that, then this is another one you can use the mayonnaise with. And I got this recipe actually from a cookbook that I've had on my shelf for quite some time now, and it's called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nosrat. 
And uh, my apologies if I'm not saying that her last name or her first name for that matter correctly. But she had a Netflix special. It was a four se- a four episode series. I'm not sure if it's on there anymore. I should probably check. But the series was called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And each episode looked at each one of those elements. And the series was so wonderful, made me so hungry, of course, that I, I bought the her cookbook immediately. And I've had it for a little while now. The diagrams in it are wonderful. But it's partly cookbook, partly um, cooking school, because there's so much information in here on cooking techniques and all the things that go into making incredible food. I love the illustrations. The illustrations alone are wonderful. It even has like, like charts and pull out posters and uh, tools, techniques, tricks for in the kitchen and ways to put together foods that are going to delight the senses. And so this recipe came from her book. Now this book is, is it's a big book, but it's not going to have everything in it. If you want a cookbook that has everything, my recommendation, of course, is The Joy of Cooking. If you want to figure out how to prepare the most random of items, say head cheese, or I don't know, that's the most random thing I could think of. But if you want something that's going to have everything you could possibly think of, The Joy of Cooking is basically an encyclopedia of cooking just about. This one is pretty close. And I have to venture to say that it's probably a little more fun. She did get a Ford written by Michael Pollan as well. If you know who Michael Pollan is, a food writer, um, that's quite a recommendation or quite a, uh, what word am I looking for? Not recommendation. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyway, Michael Pollan wrote the foreword and it's a wonderful book. Definitely worth picking up. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested in taking a look. But if you can, and it's still on Netflix, definitely check out the series because it was really well done. And it just makes you want to go to like the hills of Tuscany to make fresh pesto with olive oil because that's the type of things that she was doing in the show. And oh, she did a whole thing on Mexican food too. Like just, it just blows your mind and it'll make you hungry for sure. So I do warn you, perhaps don't watch it on an empty stomach because you never know what you'll find yourself eating afterwards. But this dressing, like I said, came from this book. And I, she has a whole section on dressings, of course. She starts out the section by saying, the most important thing about any dressing is to strike a proper balance between salt, fat, and acid. Get that right, and any salad will taste good. And we all should be eating more vegetables. We all know this. And sometimes the easiest way to do it is to throw together, together a salad. But sometimes salads can be on their own, plain and boring, but... A lovely dressing can dress it up so much, you'll have those picky eaters asking for more. It's the difference between eating some vegetables and the difference between eating a mountain of vegetables because you've driveled something really tasty on it. This Caesar dressing is no exception. And of course, Caesar dressing, Caesar salads, generally speaking, are an incredibly popular food item. You go to any restaurant, they're always offering a Caesar dressing. My daughter's vegan restaurant has a wonderful vegan Caesar salad that is divine, but I am personally not vegan, so this dressing is not. And it does have an unusual ingredient in it you might not think of. Now, if you are a more classically trained chef, as I know some of you out there listening are, then you might have an inclination as to what the secret ingredient is. If you're like me and you're 
you know, just an avid chef or an avid cook rather that loves to spend time in the kitchen, then this may come as a surprise to you. So I'll get into that in a second, what that secret ingredient is. But the, another reason why you're going to like this Caesar dressing is because it's creamy, it's flavorful, it does strike all the right balance, it has you sort of tasting and testing, which is a really great way to develop your palate as well. And you just can't find, I think, in my humble opinion, of course, you just can't find bottled Caesar dressing that's going to really compare to something that you put together yourself. Am I right? You go to the grocery aisle, you go down that aisle where it has all the salad dressings and vinegars, and there's a myriad of choices that you can pick up. But at the end of the day, anything that is not refrigerator for one is going to be full of all kinds of ingredients that probably aren't that good for you because it has to stay shelf stable for who knows how long. And if it, if it is refrigerated, it's probably going to be a little bit better, but again, when you're making your own, you are choosing the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients that are going in there. And this is something where you can really play around with, say, the Parmesan that you're putting in it and using an ex the best ingredients you can afford to buy. And I really feel like that makes a big difference in the outcome of your recipe. And well, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know I have interviewed some professional chefs and they would say the exact same thing. It's all about the ingredients. And when you're going to the grocery store, whether you're buying it in the grocery aisle, at, you know, aisle 15 or whatever, you're getting it in a refrigerated section, those bottled salad dressings just aren't going to be the same because the care and attention to detail and the quality of the ingredients aren't necessarily going to be what you would choose if you're making it yourself. So I digress. That was my my little soapbox rant about making your own food and your own kitchen's always going to be better. I recognize, of course, that we're all busy and we don't always have time to do this, but you've washed your weed, you've made the mayo, maybe you've tried the spicy mayo and the two minute, the two minute salad dressing. Why not go a step further and make a Caesar salad that's going to blow your mind? Why not? So let's get to it. This recipes secret ingredient is if I had a thing here I would do a drum roll but alas I do not anchovies and I have to say before this recipe I don't think I've ever purchased anchovies ever in my life I have bought canned tuna canned salmon and canned sardines because I was trying to eat, I went through a real phase where I was trying to eat smaller fish because we all know that the larger fish like tuna and salmon tend to have more mercury content in them because they are predatory fish and they eat the smaller ones and the smaller ones that typically have less of that nasty heavy metals in them and uh yeah so i have a few cans of sardines but anchovies i've never bought even though everyone's just like oh the anchovies on pizza i've never tried that either although i have actually heard that it's quite a nice combination if you can get over the look of fish on your pizza but this recipe calls for four salt-packed anchovies or eight fillets soaked and filleted. So first of all, finding the anchovies was a minor ordeal. It's not, a, as it is a specialty ingredient, it's not so specialty that you can't find it at a grocery store, I think. I mean, I bought mine. I did send out my husband to pick out anchovies when he was at, I think he was like going to pick up a few things at Walmart or something like to that effect. And he didn't find them. He came back empty-handed. And I have to admit, that's probably because I wasn't sure where exactly to find them in the grocery store. So I'll help you with this. They're not in the aisle where you think they are. They're not with the tuna. They're not with the salmon or the canned 
oysters or canned fake crab meat or whatever it is that, that you can get in those aisles. It is not in that aisle. I ended up going to actually a smaller grocery store that's near us that has a fish counter. And it wasn't at the fish counter, but next to the fish counter, like, you know, where they have that tank, the tank of lobster, it was in a refrigerated section next to the lobster tank. Now, of course, it might differ in your store, but don't look in the tuna in the aisle where you have the canned fish or the canned tuna. It's not going to be there in all likelihood. The one that I got was, like I said, in the in the fresh fish section. And it was in the refrigerated area next to it where there was actually a larger selection of anchovies that I was really anticipating. I got one that was soaked in olive oil. So when the recipe says uh, salt-packed soaked fillets, I just pulled them out of the can and that's how I used them. It did say that they were um, salted. So there was that, but and it didn't, I mean, that's all the recipe tells me. So this is what I did and it seemed to work quite fine. Beyond the, the anchovies, you're going to need a quarter cup of your infused mayonnaise, uh, garlic clove. Uh, what else do we have here? lemon juice, white wine vinegar, Parmesan, freshly grated, Worcestershire sauce, and salt, and black pepper. So it's actually a pretty simple ingredient, or like pretty simple ingredients to put together. I often keep Parmesan in my fridge. I like to buy nice Parmesan and just have a fresh grating of that when I'm making pasta. So I certainly had some of that already. The white wine vinegar I tend to keep on hand too. So these are just, you know, often pantry staples that are good to have on hand. And like I said, if you've already made your infused mayonnaise, it's ready to go. And if you are trying to control the potency, you can always include some infused mayonnaise with some regular mayonnaise just so that you can make sure that the, the potency is going to be where you want, where you find that sweet spot. And you start by chopping, coarsely chopping the anchovies, and then you pine, pound them into a fine paste in a mortar and pestle. If you don't have a mortar and pestle, I'm sure you can find another way, like another hack in order to do that in your own kitchen. I do have a mortar and pestle, so I did use that. But like I said, I'm sure you could figure out a way to sort of pound them into a paste if you had to without a mortar and pestle as well. She does make a note here in this section, though, that I'm going to relate to you because if she says it, it must be important. The more you break them down, the better the dressing will be. So make sure you don't skip this part. If you don't have the mortar and pestle, find another way to do it. Um, you won't regret it. And basically... All you're going to do after that, the pounding of the salt-packed anchovies to break them down, I mean, that takes a few minutes. It's not really that labor-intensive of a process. Um, you're going to stir the anchovies together with the mayonnaise, the garlic, the lemon juice, vinegar, Parmesan, Worcestershire, and, and pepper. And then you're going to mix it really well, and you're going to start tasting. And I know that she's a big proponent of tasting as you go to make sure you have the right flavors. And she's saying that with a lettuce leaf, you're going to take some of that dressing just a little bit and put it on and taste it. And then you're going to adjust the salt and acid as needed. And you do that bit by bit until you have the exact balance that you're looking for that's going to make this Caesar salad dressing sing. And that's pretty much it. Basically, what she does from there, too, is to make the salad, use your hands to toss the greens, 
and torn croutons with an abundant amount of dressing in a large bowl to coat evenly, garnish with Parmesan and freshly ground black pepper and serve immediately. And this dressing does keep for up to three days in your refrigerated, in your refrigerator, sorry. Um, she does also mention that this dressing is great for romaine, little gem lettuce, chicories, raw or blanched kale, shaved Brussels sprouts, or Belgian endives. So a couple other suggestions if you're looking for something to change up the typical romaine lettuce that gets used in your Caesar dressing. And that's about it. Um, I think she mentions the court torn croutons because she's making her own croutons, but of course you can play around with that. I actually, when I made the Caesar dressing and p- put it together myself, I didn't have croutons, so I just left them out. I will also mention, uh, I went to go make this and the clove of garlic I had was no good. So I used a powdered garlic. This is okay, but I believe the flavor would have been a lot better had I had the fresh garlic on hand. So if you do have that, don't skimp on that. Use the fresh instead. Um, she also suggests pounding or grating the garlic or pounding it with a pinch of fresh salt. And there you have it. Now that I was going to mention earlier, and I forgot a bonus recipe for this as well, because if you have taken the trouble to go out and buy the anchovies, I found that the eight fillets was one can, but I, at the time I bought two and because I wasn't sure, I didn't have it in front of me. It doesn't really say on the can. It tells you like the nutritional facts per four fillets or something like that, I think it was. But I was really unsure how many fillets of anchovies fit in one can because like I said, I'd never bought them before. So I bought two and lo and behold, I only needed the one. So the other one was sitting in the fridge because you also could try the green goddess dressing. And I'll include this recipe in the show notes as well with full credit to salt, fat, acid, heat. The green goddess dressing uses the salt-packed anchovies as well, as well as ripe avocado, a garlic clove, red wine vinegar, and a whole bunch of different herbs, herbs, as well as your basic mayonnaise too. So you could do your infused mayonnaise or a combination of infused regular mayonnaise. So this is another dressing that you can do that sounds fantastic that would be very nice way to use some of those anchovies and some more of your mayonnaise if you still have some at this point. Or maybe at this point you're making more. I don't know. I've been making a lot of mayonnaise-based stuff recently. I keep going back to that spicy mayo recipe that Corey shared with us recently. I find that I really love a spicy mayonnaise for something as simple as a plain potato chip, like potato chip dip. I really like to buy these um, avocado oil potato chips and I just get like the plain salt ones and you dip a little bit of that spicy mayo. Holy shit, that's so delicious. So lots of ways for you to use your mayonnaise, lots of ways to use up the anchovies as well if you go out and buy that. And that's it for this week's episode. Now, next week, we're going to pivot a little bit. We're looking at a muffin recipe, which I don't think I've ever done one of those on the show before. And then following that, we're going to have the guest Amanda Ryman on. So be sure to check that one out because that was a really great conversation. And in any case, if you have any questions or comments for me, as always, please do not hesitate to reach out at bitemepodcastfastmail.com. You can always leave me a voice message as well. Those are super fun. I enjoy those too. And until next week, my friends, stay high.